This morning, I want to talk to you about a simple word that's been on my heart and that I think is a word for us as a church, and I hope that's a word for you um, in this season of your life, and the word is grow. Who would like to grow this year? Who would like to grow? I, I was looking up, what, what does grow mean, or just some synonyms to the word grow? I just wanted to share some of them with you. Advance, build, cultivate, develop, expand, flourish, mature, multiply, produce, rise, spread, sprout, thrive, extend, stretch, branch out, burst forth, come to be. How many of you want to advance this year? How many of you want to, I love that, to burst forth. That's, that's what, what beautiful phrasing. Another definition of growth I saw in there was identifiably change. How many of you want to identifiably change this year? So the question that I bring to you this morning is how would you like to personally grow this year? What dreams do you have for changing, for growing this year? I think too often we can just let whatever happens, happens to us. But if you go to my house and see my garden, you will see what happens when you just let something grow by itself. And anybody that wants to come and help me, you're more than welcome. What would you like to do? What would you like to become? What would we like to do? What would we like to become? And I believe we've been in this season of growth, and I think we're just at the tip of the iceberg. We are so expectant, like Bruce said, of saying, let faith arise. We are so expectant. And, this, and we have powerful prayer times in the eldership meetings, but I'm excited for tonight's, or tonight, this afternoon, and into tonight getting together, because when we get together, we want to dream again. We want to let faith arise. This is a process. Let God stir your heart. Talk to one another. Say, what is possible? What can we achieve? What can we do? Where can we go? What can we become? And so today I just wanted to share two points of, oh, well, rather, the two major points that we see this word being for us. And I just want to encourage you to, to pray alongside with us. But for growth for Lane Park Church this year, we would love to see growth in numbers this year. And we're going to position ourselves as such. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that at the very end. But we want to grow, but we also want to grow qualitatively as who we are. We don't want to stay the same as what we were yesterday. We want to continue being a catalyst to go where God has called us to go and to be what God has called us to be. It's too easy to stay in the same place and to not actually change, not actually identifiably change. We're looking to say something that is like this is very different at the end of the year. 2017, I just want to pray and declare over you that it will be a year of growth. It will be a year that when you've been pushing up against things, that you start to see them move. But I think there's some keys to, to help us to grow, and I just wanted to take some time over the next couple of weeks to look at this. So the first, um, the first major thing that we need to understand and that we all know is that intentional growth doesn't just happen on its own. But I always like to start with a story before I go into my point. Who got some good Christmas presents? Yes, Jeanette, what did you get? I got some wonderful Good food. That sounds like a wonderful present. Anybody else? Really good presents. Kathy, what'd you get? Oh, my goodness. 500 new pets. I started to stress out a little bit. Hopefully it's not cats. Who loves cats? There's like one or two. That's appropriate. So... For Christmas, Christmas, I mean, I, and I, I don't do Christmas for the presents. I, I, I live through my kids vicariously now through that. 
I, they're finally getting to an age where I can buy them the kinds of presents that I like to play with. Um, they got a trampoline, and so if dad's, dad's going to be on the trampoline first, if you can't handle it, you can't handle the high bouncing, you get off. You know, this is dad's present first. And uh, they got Ninja Turtles. I'm still fine with that. Transformers. So we, we had a lot of fun for Christmas. But f- for myself personally, one of the, um, the things that I got, I got a little bit of spare cash um, from my mom. She still loves me, still looking after me. She's not here, so I can say nice things. But I got some cash. And so I took a long time to deliberate what was I going to get for my Christmas, my Christmas presents. And I don't know, I didn't have enough cash to buy a new car, so I didn't have enough cash to buy something, you know, that, that, that was really cool. So I, I decided that I was going to get some books and some movies. And so I took a long time. I went to different bookstores in Wellington, and I couldn't find just about any of the books that I wanted. So I, I spent a long time researching what exactly kind of books I wanted to get. I chose um, N.T. Wright's new one on theology. It's huge. It looks, it looks really impressive. Um, I've, I've got uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I've never read that, so I just figured I'd, I'd read that one. Uh, I got The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Um, Aaron McKevitt put me on to Timothy Keller. I got a book called Preaching and then another one called Prodigal God. And so I, was, I, I intentionally chose each of these with purpose with, because I wanted each of them to help equip me in different areas. And so it was very, very intentional. And I, I got quite excited. I looked at my order, and, and eventually I had to order them through bookdepository.com, which is it's, it's online. The only thing is it just comes like six months later. So I'm going to celebrate Christmas next year. No, they've already come, but they did take a little while to come. And so I got, I got them on bookdepository.com, and, and they didn't just come in one big package. They trickled in, and so I, I got one after the other. And, and so I finally had all my books. And, and so I tried starting one. I probably got a couple pages in, and then I, probably the kids, something happened, and I tried another one. And, and I didn't even try the N.T. Wright one, the one on theology. That just looks good. So I'm just going to put that in my bookshelf and just admire it. I think it's more like a piece of art. It's too thick for me to break open. But I was having such a hard time to get into, do you have to get into the, the right space to enjoy a specific kind of book? And so I just couldn't find the time or the energy or the resources to be able to pick up just about any of my books. And I was getting kind of sad until I remembered that I also purchased Sherlock Holmes episode or season four that just came out. Can I tell you I didn't have any problem finding time watching that? I, uh, every spare second that I had, have we seen BBC Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman? It is so good. The last episode scared me a little bit, though, so I'm going to be honest. Season four, the last episode. But it's phenomenal. I love the the banter that they have. I love, I I kind of feel like I'm Sherlock Holmes when I'm watching it. I feel like I could look at people and see, like, the stain on their bottom, you know, shoes says that they've been to Antarctica six years ago kind of thing. He, He has these powers of deduction that are amazing, and it's really fun to watch the show. I had no problem whatsoever watching Sherlock. And, and I'll tell you, I even went back and I got seasons one, two, and three. I watched all of them plus the special features. That, I don't know where I found all this time, but the, I had such a hard time trying to get into these books. And, but I had no problem at all going through Sherlock. It's my best Christmas gift. Thank you, Mom. Growth stalls when our why is unclear or it's not strong enough. Growth stalls when our why is unclear or it's not strong enough. Know your why for growth. 
This morning, that's this, I wanted to just talk on this thought, and I've got a couple more thoughts over the next couple weeks. Know your why for growth. I mean, it might seem simple that bigger is better, but it's not as simple. Why do you want to grow? Where do you want to grow? What do you want to become, but why? If you don't know your why or it's not strong enough, you're probably not going to be able to go the distance that it takes to get there. Um, Matt, Matt Grinley and Hadley so, and Roy so kindly invited me to go work out with them. And, and I went um, once. And friends always will invite me to go and work out, and, and I'll usually go once. And I always get pretty excited when it, it comes time to that first time because it's always been a little while. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to get fit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe get some muscles. I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be great. So I go along. And then for some reason, I never find my way back there. My why is never strong enough to keep me in the place to go the distance for where I need to go. This morning, I want to look at just a quick story. Um, the, the life of David has so many riches in it. But we want, I want to jump into David's story just as he's inheriting the kingdom. Not just the kingdom of Judah, but the kingdom of Israel. So not when he's anointed king. It took him about 20 years after he's anointed to actually assume the role of kingship over Israel. So I'm just going to jump into his story right there. I'm in 2 Samuel 5, 9. And David lived in the stronghold and called it the city of David. They're talking about Jerusalem. And David built the city. And David became greater and greater. For the Lord, the God of hosts, was with him. And Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David and cedar trees, also carpenters and masons who built David a house. And David knew, and let's listen to this, and David knew that the Lord had established him king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. Why is that important before we go anywhere else? If we're to look at the life of David, we need to examine what was his why. This season that we're about to look at is one of the, the greatest seasons of growth that is, that is in the New Testament. When David assumed kingship over Israel, they flourished like no other. They possibly flourished a little bit more when Solomon came on, but it was because of the work that David did. It was because of the accumulation that David had been gathering up and been storing up and all the things that he did. So I, want, I was interested to look at this story. If, if we're in a season of growth and we want to position ourselves to grow, I wanted to learn from seasons in the Bible where there was growth. And so I think this is one of the more significant seasons of growth. Let's look at David's why. I think it has two parts. The first is David's growth. He started having people bring stuff to him. He had so many victories, and we're going to talk a little bit more about them. It was because God put him there. That is such an important why that we're going to come back to. It was because God put him there. It says this, And David knew that the Lord had established him king over Israel. The second, the second why is this, David's growth was for the sake of his people. I don't know about you, and I don't know even about me, but if you're given kingship over a large nation, it would be really easy to lose sight of those two whys. That it's not for the sake of, of you to build whatever you think it's really cool. It's not for you to use the trampoline. It's not, it's not for any other purpose but these two things. His why was to honor and serve the Lord and to honor and serve the people. It was for the sake of the people that God gave growth to David. I think that's really important to look at. 
So this morning, what I want to do is looking at knowing your why creates two really significant things that allows for growth. So I want to look at why does knowing your why allow for growth? The first is this, and I talk about this a lot, but I think it's quite important, that knowing your why creates authentic passion. Knowing your why creates authentic passion. I want to share with you, I've shared it with you before, Bill Hybel's definition of vision. He says that vision is a picture of the future that produces passion in people. I want to just encourage you, what, what is your why? What is the thing we talked about at the start? We all said, yeah, growth is a great thing. We want to advance. We want to build. We want to burst forth. We want to spring out. Well, think about the area that you want to do that in. What do you want to multiply in? What do you want to produce this year? Now think about your why. Is that something that produces passion in you? That vision that you have of what you want to become, that vision of what you want to change into, does that produce passion in you? What you see it could be, is there passion arising? Why is passion so important? I think it's too, my, my gym story reflects it so well. But if you don't have the energy, if you don't have the time, if you don't have the resources, I wonder why it was so easy for me to go into Sherlock and so hard for me to jump into some of these very, very wonderful, but, but maybe not the most exciting books on the front cover. If you don't have passion, you're not going to have the time, you're not going to have the energy, you're going to, you know, and, and maybe there's people that go to the gym that just have no passion at all for it. But I've seen those people running up and down. They're not happy, right? You see those runners? They're, they're, they're so unhappy. I just want to go and pray for all those runners. We should, we should set up some prayer stations for runners. We'll just see them coming into the church like crazy. I want to encourage you. Passion is the thing that is going to produce growth in your life. Passion will allow you the energy, the time, the resources, the desire to do that which you've been called to do. One of the first things that David does as he becomes king is to bring the ark into Jerusalem. After a slight hiccup of somebody touching the ark accidentally and dying, we're just going to skip over that part. And it says this, So David went up and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn. I love, I love this picture because I think it reflects both of David's wise. And then you see this authentic response of passion that is allowing him to further the cause of growth in his place. He knows his why, and his why is what? Two things, to honor and serve the Lord and it's for the sake of the people. David is dancing with all of his might. You can't fake dancing with all of your might in front of a whole large group of people. And if you do, I don't know, good on you. Dancing with all of his might, dancing so hard that his outer robes came off and he was just wearing the linen ephod, which is significant. It wasn't, he wasn't naked before the Lord, as a lot of people look at into the translation. The linen ephod is what the priests would wear when they minister before the Lord. It was his royal robes that fell off. It was those royal purple kingly robes that fell off because he didn't, he didn't have to be in his position as king. That's not what it was about. It was about serving before the Lord. And I love the passage that it says he wasn't doing this by himself. Who was he doing it with? All of the people of Israel. Knowing your why creates authentic passion 
to usher in the growth that God needs to, and wants to do in your life. And then I love what immediately happens, and this is one of the, the most important reasons that I just want to encourage you to examine knowing your why and, and, and the fact that it creates authentic passion is the story that happens right away. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. He goes then to finish his burnt offerings, and he distributes among all the people, the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, a cake of bread, a portion of meat, and a cake of raisins to each one. Then all the people departed, each to his house. So before we go back to Michal, what is David still doing? He's still honoring and serving the Lord. He's still ministering to all of the people, serving food to all of the people. His why is firmly in place, and as such, his passion And David returned to bless his household. We're going to come back to that in a moment. David returned to bless his household. But Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David. Don't you love the welcome homes after you've just done amazing things with this kind of response? How the king of Israel honored himself today, uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servants, female servants, as one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. Welcome home, husband. And David said to Michal, it was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me as prince over Israel, the people of the Lord. And I will celebrate before the Lord. I will make myself yet more contemptible than this, and I will be abased in your eyes. There is a need for passion because you will be challenged where you want to grow. If you want to grow in an area that God has called you to grow into, I can guarantee one thing is probably going to be hardships. It's going to be pushing through. And and I, I like that it's that way because something worth having isn't worth just getting easily. We are going to experience challenges. If your passion is not there, you're only going to turn up one time at the gym and you're going to really disappoint Matt and Hadley. They're going to just, they, they don't have, but they've got each other and Roy. They're just, they're okay. They're not by themselves. I'm, I haven't joined them again, though. I will probably sometime this year. It's a new year, guys. It's 2017. I'll, I'll go once. If you don't have the authentic passion, you will not have the, the identity of your why set in place. You need to know your why so that it creates authentic passion so you can go the distance of what God has called you to do. It's important at the beginning of a year, and I know we work in seasons and not years, but New Year's give us such a great example to start afresh. What is your why? Spend time clarifying it. Spend time re-examining it. We all start off with a great why, I think. But then it's so easy that as as we step into it and we try and open the pages of this theology book, I can't get in there even though I know it's going to help me grow. Then we get lost watching Sherlock, which I'm sure helped me somehow. You need to solve a crime. I might be able to help a little bit. Without passion, we will not last under challenge. Where is your passion level? Can you grow without passion, energy, desire, or resources? How clear is your why? This brings me to my, the, the second major point I wanted to share with you that I believe knowing your why ushers in and allows for growth in your life. And it's this, it's clarity. Clarity around the why or the vision of what you want to do brings clarity also to the how. Have you ever been really passionate about something but not quite sure how to get there? 
you want to grow. So all of us agree we want to grow? Well, haven't we already grown into that? Well, you say, I've already been growing into other things, right? But sometimes there's those things that elude us in growth. I just can't wait till I'm, I've just got silly examples in my head. Become a super saiyan, if you know that. I don't know. What do you want to grow into? What is those things? Why haven't you achieved it before? One of the things that we're looking at as we meet today as an eldership, we're going to look at this really carefully. What exactly is our why? Because our why will determine how. And the clearer the why is, the clearer the how will be. I think it's easy to get a general sense, like I want to just be better in biking. Well, if you want to be better in biking, is it long distance or short distance? And you, you have to go through these. I, I want to encourage you this, this season as we begin to know your why. Don't let your why just remain this, this large kind of mystical kind of thing over here, but narrow it down as much as you possibly can. Get as specific as you can with your why. Get as much clarity around your why so that you're able to figure out the how. Clarity around the vision brings clarity to the how. Do you have clarity around your growth this year? I'm going to carry on with David's story because it has some good points for us in regards to this. Now, when the king lived in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all of his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of Seder. Go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. So I I love what's happening here is that David is... He's been growing. He's getting all sorts of victories, and he's been having people donate him all sorts of things. He's in a season of growth. And the next thing that he wants to do is to what? He wants to build, build the temple. And so does, does he just decide that he's going to build the temple, or he goes before the Lord? So it suggests that his why is still in place. He knows what? That first and foremost is to honor and serve the Lord. And so he goes to the prophet of the Lord, and he says, I want to build the temple. So we, we know the response, but I'm going to read it out. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people. And I've been with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall not afflict them no more as formerly. From the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. That's like one of the nicest ways of saying no. You know, that was like powerful. I was really, I wish every, we we should all learn to say no like that. Just edify and building up. David, what, seeks the Lord and says, I want to build a house. How is he wanting to grow? He's wanting to grow by building a temple. And what does the Lord say? He says, no. He says, I really appreciate you and you're going to do a ton of things, but you're not going to build a temple. I I love this because, and we're going to look a little bit what happens, but one of the most important things that we can look at for growth is we only have so much capacity. You only have so much time, energy, and resources. You cannot possibly do everything. But it's not just that we're trying to do everything. I want us, and I want to encourage you to, to follow as David did. Go before the Lord with your growth this year. The prophet even affirmed him initially, right? He said, go and do all that is in your heart. 
Seek the Lord for where you would want to grow this year. And make sure we wait for, to listen for his response. You only have so much capacity to do so much. Where is your capacity? Where is your time? Where is your energy? Where is your passion supposed to go? Knowing your why brings clarity, which gives you direction for you to keep growing. If David's why was not in the right place, he would have probably gone and built the temple anyways. He had the resources to. But what was the first part of his why is honoring the Lord because it was the Lord who put him in that position. And it was to serve the people. David goes on to give this massive prayer of gratitude. He says, God, thank you so much. He appreciates the clarity that is given from how he is supposed to carry out the vision that God has given him. Clarity allows trust in God's direction and his plan. And we see, we see the result of David's journey of growth immediately after this. It says, after this, David defeated the Philistines and subdued them. He defeated Moab, and the Moabites became servants to David and brought tribute. David also defeated Hadadezer, the son of lots of people. And David took from him 1,700 horsemen and 20,000 foot soldiers, and he hamstrung all of their chariot horses. And he struck down 22,000 Syrians, and he put garrisons in this place and this place and this place, and all of them came and brought tribute to David. And the Bible says, and the Lord gave victory to David wherever he went. David took the shields of gold and very much bronze from the cities of Hadadezer. What do we see happening here? is that as David is following the course that God has given him, as he's staying secure and knowing why, not moving ahead and not growing in the wrong places, he experiences growth like no other. Finding the lane that he's supposed to be in, and notice probably a lot of that stuff was probably used for the temple anyways. It wasn't that David was wanting to do something bad or wrong. It's just for him, what it, where was he supposed to be? Victory and growth due to clarity of how. Can you imagine if David went and tried to build this temple? He probably wouldn't have had the supplies that God would have wanted to build it with anyways. There's so many reasons that we don't know what God is doing behind the scenes. And I think that's why it's so important to maintain the knowledge of what our why is and re-examine it. The Bible says David reigned over all of Israel and David administered justice and equity to all his people. But, I love this, do we know what happens right now? Bathsheba. This is right after. In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. I think this is so, so interesting. This case study in growth in the life of David is so important, I think, to look at. That we're watching David and we watch him navigate this, this area of clarity around what should he be doing. And what were the two things? Honoring and serving the Lord for the sake of the people. But what do we see here? At the time when the king is supposed to go with his people, where does David remain? He remains at home. I think it's just so important to, to, to stop for a moment and look at how when we lose sight of why we're doing it, growth immediately begins to halt, to stagnate, to pause. When you look at the definitions of the opposite of growth, there's some, there's some harsh words in there. I want us to be able to build, to advance, to grow, to break forth, to burst out this year. So as we're looking to protect our passion, we also need clarity around the how, the how to keep our why in check. 
So just, we know the story, so I'm not going to go too in-depth into it. But we, David sees Bathsheba on the roof. And they end up meeting, and, they, and she gets pregnant. And he tries to hide it first by um, tricking Uriah. It doesn't work out, so he then pretty much murders Uriah, and the prophet finds out. But I love David's response immediately. Unfortunately, the child dies, but as soon as, as, as his child dies, what does he do? He goes and he worships before the Lord. I, this is such an example of somebody that was experiencing so much growth, and then he got off track of that growth. But his immediate, immediate response is to go and worship before the Lord. His immediate response is to go and worship before the Lord. And this is what the Bible says. He, he recognizes he sinned and he goes to worship. Now Joab fought against Rabbah of the Ammonites and took the royal city. And jo- Joab sent messengers to David. I have fought against Rabbah moreover and I've taken the city of waters. Now then, gather the rest of the people together and encamp against the city and take it, lest I take the city and it be called by my name. So David gathered all the people together and went to Rabbah and fought against it and took it. And he took the crown of their king from his head. The weight of it was a talent of gold, and in it was a precious stone. It was placed on David's head. And he brought out the spoil of the city a very great amount. And he brought out the people who were in it and set them to labor with saws and iron picks and iron axes and made them toil at the brick kilns. And thus he did to all the cities of the Ammonites. Then David and the people returned to Jerusalem. We see his response of worship realigned him completely back into the place of growth that he was supposed to be experiencing all along. To grow, realign yourself with the clarity of why God wants you to grow. It's, it's, something, it's something easy to say, I want to grow because I know it's a good idea. We have to go deeper with your home groups this year. It's not just a good idea to get together in small groups. Why are you getting together? What are you wanting to produce? If it's a struggle to think what's coming up for home group, re-examine your why. What are you wanting to build? What are you wanting to pull out of it? When you come to church on Sunday morning, what is it that you're wanting to contribute? What is it that you're wanting to pull out? When you go to work, when you go home, why? Remind yourself, seek the Lord and find out, God, why in the world did you give me these children? Lord, bless them. Take time to re-examine why. You will then have the passion to be able to navigate the resources that you need, and you will have clarity around the how. Fight to get as much clarity around the why as possible so you know exactly how to do it. Identify what it is that you want to do. I love from, we we know, I'm going to butcher this wrong. I do it every time. I'm just going to pretend like it's an American thing. Um, Habakkuk? Yep. How do we say it? Habakkuk? Habakkuk, I like, I like that one better. Habakkuk, two, verse two through, two for three, chapter two, verses two through three says, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain. Write the vision and make it plain. If somebody is to come to you, and this is something that it's a theme through Pursuing Purpose, our, our series that we've been doing of trying to encourage, is it plain what God is wanting to do through you? If someone on the street comes up to you and says, I hear you're a Christian, what does that mean? Do you have an answer for them that says, I believe God is doing this in my life and this is what I'm going after and this is what I'm wanting to become and this is what fruit I'm wanting to see if I do this? Or you're like, I'm just trying to be a good person and I hope somehow that just equates to something amazing happening. 
Now, I'm not saying we have to have all the answers, but can I encourage you, examine your why and then make it as plain as possible. Come back to it. Revisit it. What is God wanting to do through you? We have such a passion here, and it continues to burn, to see every single person functioning in the fullest capacity that you possibly can with a God that created the earth and the seas, and he's created you. That means he's created you with such purpose. Such, such passion needs to arise when we connect to the purpose that God has created us for. When we say let faith arise, that doesn't happen by itself. That happens by us getting before the face of God and figuring out, God, what is my why? What is it that you want me to do? Now send me, God. Our passion is not to uh, express our faith here in these four walls. Our passion is to express our faith out there in the world. When you go to your workplace, when you're with your families, express your why with passion. Express and honor the fact that God who created you gave you the same why that he did to David to honor and serve the Lord and for the benefit of the people that are in your life. Don't lose sight of what God has called you to do. Do you know your why? You need your why for the passion and clarity it brings to be able to grow. The last thing, I just want to share one more verse and then we'll wrap up. Why is growing important? I think it's important to ask ourselves that. Why is growing numerically important in the church? Acts 2 verse 37 says this, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And listen to this. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. For all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So those who received his words were baptized, and there were 3,000 souls added to that day. The life of Jesus is waiting to be expressed to people that are absolutely broken. The life of Jesus is waiting not just to be kept to ourselves, not just so that we can grow qualitatively, even though we want to do that this year, but the life of Jesus is wanting to be expressed in people that don't know him and that are far from him. He is the author and the source of life. It's so important to examine your why so that you have the passion to be able to go and engage those people. You have the clarity around how you can do it. Oftentimes we try and do it wrong and we get discouraged and we go and we just either stop or just we stay unfruitful in our engagement of those people around us. Why is growing important? Because growing represents people that don't know Jesus, that are far off, come into the knowledge of the promise that it's actually for them and not just for us. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, Father, I pray that you would just stir our souls. Father, I pray that you would give us passion like we've never known. Lord, I pray that you would give us clarity around our why. Father, I thank you that you are a beautiful God and that your name is wonderful and that you are powerful. Lord, we just pray that faith would arise in 2017 in this place. Lord, I pray that action would follow faith. Father, we speak for passion. We speak for clarity. And Lord, we declare that our why is to serve you and to serve those in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give this before you. Thank you, Father. Amen. We're going to continue our series on Grow um, for the next couple of weeks. So I invite people, engage them, bless them. Bless you guys.